0: This is Social Media News Live Hello folks, welcome to Social Media News Live I'm Jeff C and you're not
1: And I'm Grace Duffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media. And today's the day we invited Andrea Vall to join us, and she's excited you were here for the pre-show. You heard about this excitement about advertising on Facebook and Instagram again. And Andrea has seen a lot of improvements with Facebook and Instagram ads lately, and she's excited and she's going to share that excitement with us, and so we invited her to tell us Why We've also come to learn about how to get your ad campaigns to perform. She's got a lot of content on her blogs about how to do this processes. We're going to dig into those a little bit today, so that uh, your campaigns can get up and running faster, easier and more cost effectively again. If that's what you're interested in doing, it's like our friend here, Jim, you've come to the right place. And then with reports heading into 2023, telling us that businesses were looking to diversify their social media spend, Andrea's here to get us pumped about Facebook and Instagram ads again. So,
2: Andrea, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much, Jeff and Grace. It's exciting to be here again. It's been a while and thank you for inviting me back to your sh- show. And, and, uh, just, I'm excited to talk about Facebook ads. Cause like I was saying, they are performing better than they have in a long time. And I'm seeing better tracking, better optimizations. Facebook, I think, has really gotten its act together in terms of the type of learning it's able to do, the way your ads are served. And, um, it's, it's not less confusing i will say that it's still confusing (laughs) to set up a a good ad campaign but it's very very possible i'm getting uh opt-in costs for some clients like as low as 50 cents back you know i hadn't it's like crazy uh, to see that kind of opt-in cost again um for some of my clients and um and even clients long long performing clients that are getting like lead costs of like half of what Mm -hmm. they used to be even like six months ago. So it's really, really beautiful. Well, we've
1: got a ton of questions for Andrea, Jeff and I wrote, but uh, everyone (laughs) in the audience, please drop your questions in. You're the ones running Facebook ad campaigns and Instagram ad campaigns. So talk to us about what are your pain points, what are your questions, and we will bring them up on the show. We've got a ton of stuff to get through, but we want to prioritize you and what you want to know because we are here for you, audience.
0: Yes, and by the way, I want to introduce you to Andrea because, as you can tell, she's super smart about all this stuff. I, she's been doing it for years. She she knows the confusing lingo that Facebook and Meta is, but uh, she is a Facebook and Instagram ads expert and is the co-author of Facebook Marketing All-in-One for Dummies. And her newest book is Facebook Ads Made Simple. She speaks and trains all over the world and has managed over 6 million in ad spend for her clients. Uh, she's also a stand-up comedian, which is, uh, it's just, she's, she's just funny so she she, you love her and you can learn more at andreavala.com and her latest passion project is the late starters club podcast where she shares inspirational stories of those above a certain age who decided to go for their (laughs) dreams. So it's an incredible podcast. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you give her a rating and review because it really does help podcasters out and share it with your friends because uh, it's kind of a newish podcast. So go check it out, listen to it, give her a rating and review, and uh, and we'd all appreciate it. So, Andrea, thank you for being here today.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the shout out to my podcast. I have been loving my podcast too. It's super fun. Just started in October and it's been amazing. So... That's great and Yeah, fun to see you mm-hmm. at pod, pod fest last That's week. That's right. And then <laughs> coming up
0: in your neck of the yeah. woods. So I'm excited about yeah. that. I'm also excited about our friends who sponsored the show. Ecamm. So you can find out more about them at socialmedia.com forward slash Ecamm. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not because I've talked about it all the time, but it's really easy to create a podcast with Ecamm because you have the separated audio tracks uh, makes it really easy. That's what we do for our show. Uh, And if you have a Mac, it's a no brainer uh, to get this software. If you have any questions, you know, shoot me an email or comment under the show and I'll do my best to answer. And if I can't, Ecamm has an incredible community where they can answer your questions. We've talked about their community here in the past. They're just spectacular. And 4.0 just rolled out, which is incredible. It now doesn't just do isolated audio tracks. It does isolated video tracks if you have max silicone, which means I have separated, like I have Andrea separated, I have Grace separated, and I can repurpose it on all the ticky Talks and all the things because it is so amazing. <laughs> so uh, make sure you guys to go to socialmediaislive.com forward slash ECAM and check them out. All right, Grace. Let's get going, because I know andrew has got to leave right at like right at the end. So we got we okay, to We're going to we're going to your brain. So,
1: yes, yes, so Facebook and Instagram ads in 2023, despite frequent controversies, countless reiterations, profitability challenge and privacy battles. Facebook still remains a marketing powerhouse. It's one of the founding platforms that continues to survive and it's better than ever. So tell us, Andrea, what is exciting you about Facebook, Instagram ads? We covered this a little bit at the beginning, but here for the podcast audience, tell us what is excited, what is getting you excited about them?
2: Yeah, so the, the, the. Performance has improved quite a bit with Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And that is because Facebook has gotten better with their machine learning, their AI. And if you have the Facebook Pixel installed, you're going to get better results on your ads. And that's always been true. but. During that period where Apple iOS rolled out, uh, and messed everything up, it was just really, really terrible. And Facebook has finally gotten things back dialed in. And what I'm seeing work right now much better is wide targeting in a lot of cases. Mm. So wide open targeting with like very few keywords or or pretty broad, broad keywords with large audiences. And I used to never recommend that. I used to always say, hey, dial in your interest, put your keywords in there, you know, dial that in to your customer avatar. And right now what I'm seeing is put some, you know, put some demographic boundaries on it. Obviously, if you are working with only women in the 35 to 55 year old range, you want to put that boundary on it. But otherwise you can think about keeping a lot of it wide open or pretty wide open. Keywords and Facebook has taken away a lot of keywords actually that used to work really well and and even some that I don't know why they took away but they did and mm-hmm. so now now we are left with wide targeting um, wide targeting is oftentimes outperforming lookalike audiences from what I've seen so um, and sometimes you have to recreate the lookalike audiences from from where they were at before I'm just noticing some weird glitches that are happening there uh, so what that leaves us with is We don't have to focus as much on the audience targeting. We can focus a little bit more on the creative targeting. So that's a cool thing because that's going to save us money and hopefully get us better results and allow us to dial into that creative that's performing best. Awesome. So,
0: uh, we have a question like right off the bang and, and I love it. Keep your questions coming because I want to, you yeah. know, I always say this is like freaking consulting for us because y- your questions are what I need. So, um, uh, goes, one of the biggest questions I get from new clients is what is the minimum ad spend that will work with the Facebook algorithm? So you're talking about kind of doing yeah. this broad net, like how much do we yeah. need to start spending before we can really kind of dial it in and, and like, you know, really optimize
2: Right. So that is a huge question. And I think what people worry about is that or think is that they have to have a big budget in order to be successful. And that n- isn't necessarily true. What you really need is that pixel to be kind of trained to the types of audiences that are opting in to your offer or buying your product. And so what that means is you want to get that pixel installed earlier. If you can do conversion API, uh, the, Conversion mm-hmm. API implementation, that's going to be your best bet because you're going to get the best reporting, best um, best information. Facebook's going to get the best information from the types of people who are opting in. So, um, so in terms of budget, it varies so much. Be- um, between right. industry, because and what you're advertising, because it's going to be very different. For, um, for example, I have a client that is a law office, right. and their lead cost is hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So that means that in order to get significant results, I need to have a spend that's probably over thousand, you know, thousands right. of dollars right, right. in order to see what's really working with that. Um, Whereas, if you're advertising a lead magnet that's really, really broad, like good for pet owners, right. then that lead cost might be really, really low because that market's really wide. So, so you have to kind of get a baseline for yourself mm-hmm. and understand from there what, so how significant the results uh, need to be for you to feel good about making a decision about what is really working for you.
0: Gotcha. So I wanted to just ask real quickly. You mentioned that conversion API, and some people may not be mm-hmm. familiar with that. Right. Is that something that you can set? To, does Facebook walk you through setting that up on your own? Or is that something where I need to go? I need to hire Andrea to set this up yeah. for me. No. Like So no. talk about that a little bit. No.
2: Yeah. So there's a, a few different ways you can get that uh installed and some are easy some are harder so uh the easy ways is sometimes your the the tool that you're using has a very easy integration if you're using something like shopify that is a very easy connection point um facebook walks you through it very easily in their integration partners in the events manager area in your ads manager so that would um so if you have WordPress, you mm-hmm. can do it very easily. Um, it has some other partners that are easy to integrate with. But if you have sort of a difficult website, if you don't have um, ability to add code to websites, you right. might you might need a, you know your website developer to help you out gotcha. with that. And in some cases, it's not really critical because if you aren't making, if it's better if you're having a lot of purchase decisions that are being made on your site. Um, if you're like a realtor or something like that, where you're just sending them more for maybe lead generation, mm-hmm. you know, you a lot of times then the Facebook pixel will suffice in that tracking.
0: Mm, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So
2: there was this interesting article from uh,
1: Entrepreneur Magazine, and it was all about growing a business using Facebook ad strategy. And I love Entrepreneur because it's like that, it, to me, it's almost like the everyman's. <laughs> Every woman's for resource for for business, right? Because it's not as the specific journals that we read for you know, our social media. So this is a quote from this article. It says, "Every ad campaign costs a percentage of profits. Of course, the cost should be account. Uh, it should should account for an acceptable loss. Unfortunately, many business owners and entrepreneurs unfamiliar with optimization strategies, Facebook ads, can quickly." Envelope the profits and budget and marketing budgets, correcting marketing losses is about identifying a campaign's leaks or weak points. The only way to identify ineffective ads is to compare ads. Still, it is only possible to identify and correct potential errors if you know the right design, implementation and measurement strategies. And so that is what well, you're here to talk to us about, Andrea, yeah. is these yep. designs, implementations, and measurement strategies. But, you know, what worked before may not be working now. If Facebook and Instagram ads aren't performing like they once did, how can we right this ship, as, as entrepreneur put it, and get our Facebook ads on track? And how do we go about starting to identify these leaks and weak, weak points that they yeah. identify? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that is one of the biggest problems that most business owners have is they don't know how to read the reports. They don't know how to take a look and identify like the, the kind of flow of their funnel so they can see where things are going wrong. Where are people dropping out? And why are we getting the results that we are at the, at the at the bottom end you know so the first step is getting your tracking in place right so you know for sure that you're actually tracking your lead cost properly tracking your sales properly tracking things like add to cart and if you like like i said if you use a tool like shopify or something like that that'll automatically track those purchase um markers there but for people who are using some sort of lead gen technique you want to make sure you've got the right pixel in place so it's tracking properly so what you want to look at what i like to kind of think about this as is like a waterfall strategy like and the first part of that waterfall is your your CPM your cost per 1000 impressions so you know if your CPM is high like, because that's what Facebook uses to mm-hmm. bid. Basically, um, if your CPM is really high, that's going to trickle down to the rest of your results. So it's going to be really hard to get a great lead cost when it costs so much to show your ad to a thousand people, right? So if it's costing like fifty dollars or a hundred dollars to show your ad to. a a thousand people, you know, and only 1% of those people are opting in, you're going to get a high lead cost. So looking at your stats and being able to analyze them is a big, big step. And so for those business owners who are looking to advertise on Facebook, you need to get the right training or otherwise you're just flushing a bunch of money down the drain, you know, You, you just, you know, you might as well either pay someone to do it right for you or understand that you've got to get the right training and i definitely suggest even if you pay someone you still get the training so you know exactly what's going on you can read those reports yourself so like i said it's not it's not simple facebook doesn't you know facebook tries to make something simple but like i think the boosted the, the boosted post is too simple that's right. not going to give you good results and but then you know the better the better strategy is setting up your ads optimized in the ads manager, but that can, that can feel a little daunting as well. Right. So back
0: to this quote from the entrepreneur magazine, it says it's only possible to identify and correct potential areas if you know the right design, the implementation and measurement strategy. So you mentioned, you know, you need to know this yourself. So let's say Andrea Vahl is like, you can't book her anymore. She's full. She can't take any more clients because she's just, you know, their stuff she's doing is so great. So what should somebody who needs help with this look for because i kind of feel like facebook or meta strategists and gurus uh, are almost kind of getting into that remember seo and it's still that way like seo there was a lot of snake oil out there Mm -hmm. where people were like you know so what do businesses need to look for to know that these people really know what they're talking about and like it's it's okay to invest with this person or this agency
2: Right. For sure. I would take a look at the the articles they've put out there. I would take a look at, um, you know, kind of what they're what they're publishing, if they're speaking, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. that kind of are markers that they are a true expert. And one thing I like to caution people against is getting involved with someone who is is just talking a bunch of lingo and not coming down to where you need to understand what's happening, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I that's a big pet peeve of mine. I don't right. like when people are like the CPLs and CPM and the CBO and the blah 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 and the, you know and I I'm like just Speak English, you know right. what are you talking about, and it's okay if you know those acronyms, and it's okay if you're like you know speaking with other people who know those acronyms, but sometimes I feel like some agencies are just using it to seem as cool as possible with and <laughs> keeping everything as right. you know guarded and and uh, inaccessible as possible, so I would say work with someone you're you know who look who is a true expert in the field and has put um articles out there or put you know written good content and you feel comfortable with and who also doesn't talk down to you. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's, that's key. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So big thing for people following the news
1: out there is that there's a sense of things like the iOS 14 privacy update. Data privacy measures from Apple, EU restrictions, and then then internal changes within Meta have made performance marketing's job, performance marketers' jobs a lot more difficult. Because this yep. is kind of just what's out there. This is the news. We don't yep. always listen. They I don't think they always have the proper context. But tell us real time, real world actual someone that's digging in the ditches and building those trenches, could you tell us what it's been like for you and your clients and what adjustments have you had to make to accommodate for these big scaries?
2: Yes. And the huge thing here is attribution, right? People really want to know that their ad campaign is working and what, what is working in their ad campaign. And it's, you know, it's a whole different world than it used to be when you'd like buy a Something in the buy an ad in the yellow pages or put up a billboard, and you'd be like, "Well, hope that works," you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like right. it's like now everything is so nice and trackable, which is sometimes good and bad, right? Because we are losing, we've lost some tracking, but there is this modeling that Facebook is doing to get better. And I've found actually that the modeling is doing pretty well, and that's why um, I think Facebook is is Im- improving in their results. So. What I would say is really understand like how you are going to track that those actual results. And so th- that can come from a whole different funnel separate from organic, right? So you've got the ads going to their own landing page and the, you know that the only way someone is getting into that funnel right. is from the ads, you're not sharing that page with anyone else. It's being uh, tracked separately in the back end of your email system, your CRM. You are um, you are then tracking what happens to those leads. Are they opening emails? Are they buying stuff? Are they mm-hmm. you know? Are they reaching out? Are they active? Um, and and so that's a really good way to track. Um, And just making sure you're tracking in your own system as, and not leaving it just to Facebook to track. So, how are you going to do that? Could be tagging, could be UTM codes, it could be, you know, and that's, those are the Google really long Google links Mm -hmm. that, you know, push, push that information back into your data database so that you can say, hey, where did that person, that contact originally come from? We're going to look at that, 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 that tag. Or that you know whatever we've pushed in there to see, so we can say, yeah, for sure. And that's one thing, um, like I'm doing with realtor clients, for example, where they're able to then track. Hey, we got 12 deals for sure from our ad campaigns last year, and we know that that resulted right. in X amount of business. So we know that our we're profitable, and that's what the name of the game is here, because it's not just a money drain that you want to just keep, right. Right. you it. know, hoping, yeah. yeah, hoping that it's going to work.
0: So um, really quickly, I wanted to go back to a comment. Chris Stone goes, DBA, death by acronyms. See what I did there? I did see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so one of the things in kind of that same vein is, you know, especially with you, I know you've trained clients in the past, and now this like fire hose of like the Apple stuff got turned off, you know, where you can't track stuff. So how should we, as the business owners or users, like change Our targeting and measurement goals in light of those changes? Like what should we, you know, before it was kind of easy and you could, you know, look and see how should we readjust what we're thinking and like knowing that some of those, that those data points are going to be there. Like, what do you tell people like, okay, this is what you really need to look at now and, you know, to measure success.
2: Right. So I think it's, it comes back to, I don't think this part has changed dramatically. I mean, obviously we've got different measurements in place, but I think Always with our marketing and what people don't always do is to really understand where their, where their cost per acquisition is or how much they can afford to spend on acquiring a new lead or new potential client. And so. You know, it's gonna be a function of how much what are your conversion rates to buying that certain product? What's your product point price point? So if you have a thousand leads come in and two percent of those leads buy, you know, you're gonna get twenty, right? Am I doing my math right? No never do (laughs) math on live T
0: V. Never, ever.
2: (laughs) I know it's so bad. I have my yeah. So so you get forty clients, but you know. So how much can you afford to spend, based on um, based on your product price point? taking into account how much does it cost you to you know make that product or whatever so you've got to know a lot of math in order to make this all work and and that's where i think marketers get a, or businesses get a little tripped up is they're not tracking some of this stuff in the the level of detail that it really should be tracked so that they can make good marketing decisions on how much they can spend on each ad campaign
0: mm. That's good. Yeah. Being, I mean, even if it's something as little as like you were saying is doing learning how to do UTM codes where you can track it like uh, that, like the landing page, that can give you a huge insight of just something simple like that. So,
2: right. And right. And, and just doing like even just doing a small test, like saying, okay, we're going to test this particular funnel. We know that when we send Facebook traffic there, we're getting like say $10 per lead. um, And then, you know, 10 percent of those people go to Mm -hmm. go on to the next page and then you know and just really like spending some time seeing how people progress and then finding out hey why didn't you buy or whatever it might be and and seeing if you can improve those numbers in you know in a small way because if you're tracking all the way through the funnel you see a lot of people drop out at the add to cart what does that mean you know and how can you improve that experience Mm
0: -hmm. those are all great tips
2: we have a great question
1: here from our friend chris stone he says what do you say when client to clients who are distracted by all the new shiny objects in advertising we're talking about ai yeah. tools we're talking about chat GBT and and then get them intrigued or excited about instagram uh, yeah. facebook ads again when it just seems so old school because guess what yeah. facebook is tried and true so it I seems know. old school when there's all the, and we had a question earlier. We kind of skipped over it, but it was just like there are a lot of, also a lot of advertising options like oh, yeah. TikTok and, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, yep. all the newest things, right? So, how do you yeah. get them into
2: Facebook? Yeah. So, what you tell them is you'd be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to chat GPT or TikTok ads and then we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to, going to make a reel and then we're going to go, you know, right. go uh, out. <laughs> no, and we're going to go and Reddit and then we're going to, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> So the, the reality is I mean I think what you really have to um I think it does make sense to diversify and test for sure. I'm advising all my clients to do that. I'm advising people who are running ads for clients to diversify and test. But the reality is Facebook still has close to almost 3 billion monthly average uh, daily users or monthly users. They just surpassed 2 billion daily users, far more than TikTok, Reddit, all those all those sites. So, I mean, I think it makes sense to test and why not do a little a little test on, I'm testing, I'm going to be testing Pinterest here, Pinterest ads this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be testing some TikTok ads coming up. So, it does make sense to test. I'm, te- I'm running Google and YouTube ads as well and seeing, hey, where are we landing with these costs? And a lot of times Google's driving super cheap traffic but Facebook's actually driving the leads. So, you know, that's that's what you have to track, and um it's just a matter of how how much the client wants to fractionalize their budget
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And And if they don't have a big budget, that's the other thing, too. Sometimes they're like, I got one hundred dollars. I want to advertise on all the platforms. I'm like, no, that's
0: (laughs) (laughs) that don't work. Yeah. Well, I think that the thing is testing and things change. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is, is that's one, you know, we went back to like, how do you know a guru is like really somebody you should invest in? And it's like that they're testing stuff. They're not just sitting there going and, you know, just regurgitating stuff from, you know, 2008. They actually are going Mm -hmm. and and trying new things. So, um, mm-hmm. um, so let's see, let's go, let's go ahead and move on to the next section because I want to make sure we have plenty of time for this grace. We're oh, going to yeah. talk about these, these structuring Facebook ad campaigns because it has changed a little bit. And I you know Andrea, as you can tell, she tests things, she dives in, she's doing all these different things for different types of clients. So I really want to dive into the best way to structure these, these campaigns.
1: Absolutely. And you had a really great article on your site, Andrea. It was Facebook advertising, how to structure your Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns, actually. So give us the overview of this on our show today. How should businesses structure their
2: ad campaigns to maximize on returns, which is what we're all interested in doing? Yeah, and and one thing that is definitely that definitely happens with Facebook is sometimes they give you bad advice. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> um- <laughs> what? what? No. What? So- <laughs> I know. So, what I, um, well, the way I like to especially start with my testing campaigns is definitely start your campaign with very limited focus tests. So, you are using what's called ad set budget optimization, and that's you're dedicating um, that budget at the ad set level to each different audience to start. Oop, there's my cat. Oh. <laughs> I didn't shut the door. <laughs> cat video. Here we go. I cat. know, cat cam. <laughs> um, so you're structuring your ad set budgets with their own budget. It might be like, say, $10 a day. And you're mm-hmm. testing each different audience. Maybe you have three different audiences you're testing at $10 a day. And then below that, you're using the same exact creative, same exact image, same everything, so that at the end of this, like, say, four- to five-day period when you're running that test, you'll know which audience is is performing the best. And you might test, like, let's go totally wide. Let's go a lookalike audience. And then maybe let's try interests, a few interests, like, but also fairly wide, too, and see which audience does the best um, during that time. Now, your budget's going to depend a little bit on, like, again, your opt-ins, what you're advertising, and stuff like that. But um, that's a great way to start. And then you're going to move on to testing like your creatives from from there. So then you're going to say, hey, let's pick the best performer from that first set of audience tests. And now we will test a a different image, a couple of different images, and maybe a video, and see how that goes. And at the end of this 10-day period, you're going to have the best Audience and the best creative in there, and then you can start scaling up from there. and And I am a lot of times still scaling in an ad set budget optimized uh, campaign where I'm just adding to that budget. I'm just you know scaling that vertically up. Um, sometimes what people do is they do move those in. Uh, start a campaign budget optimi- optimization uh, structure where f- then Facebook gets to decide where the budget is being spent. And, you know, you're kind of leaving it up to the Facebook algorithm to then um, pick your best ads. But if you've tested those ads, you're usually only putting the best performers in that campaign budget optimized uh, uh, ad. Gotcha. So, or uh, Yeah. Scale campaign is basically what that what that would be so. so i
0: wanted to before i kind of dive into some what you just said i wanted to ask so you mentioned like 10 days is that what you usually before you make changes you let something sit for 10 days before you go mm-hmm. in and tweak it again
2: yeah, I definitely let something sit for a good few days. And it, again, it depends a little bit on the budget because mm-hmm. you want to have significant results. Again, if you're coming back to that, um, campaign where it's, you know, $100 per opt-in, you're only spending $50 a day, you're not going to get significant results right. at that point. So you always want to know your own baseline for what the opt-in costs are coming in at. So, um, but I don't usually te- I don't usually turn something off after a day or two because it takes a while for the algorithm to kind of settle down, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes I'll notice that something's just a dud right out of the gate, like maybe the CPM cost is really high for some reason and it's super expensive to get that thousand impressions, and then I'm saying something weird is quirky is right. going on here and let's relaunch, for example. So I like to at least give it a good few days. It depends a little on the budget, but for sure you need you need to get some significant results with that.
0: Gotcha. So I, I wanted to go back to your blog post because you mentioned there's you know two types of Facebook Facebook and Instagram campaign structures, and you know one of them was I think you, ca- you even talked about a little bit advantage campaign budget optimization, and the other one was the ad set budget optimization. So once again, <laughs> yeah, those are those acronyms like CBO and ABO. So can you talk <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. about those two?
2: Yeah. So, in to make matters worse, Facebook has brought in a new thing. So it's ad set budget optimization, where you're setting the budget at the at the ad set level, which is where the targeting is and things like that. Um, and then there's campaign budget optimization, where you're setting it at the top level, and then all the budget you set at that top level is optimized by Facebook, um, not always correctly, uh, but under uh, by. To the elements underneath. Facebook also introduced this thing called Advantage Plus Shopping. Advantage Plus mm. is kind of a new thing that they introduced uh, recently. Not everyone has access to Advantage Plus Shopping, but this is Advantage Plus Shopping is solely for e commerce. Okay. And it is basically like a real top level. Budget that you set, and Facebook is doing all the machine learning app optimization underneath. Those campaigns are working really great for e-commerce right now. So if you do have that, that, and if you do have that available, and you've got an e-commerce store, a catalog, you can use those. Um, you can do use that optimization. But yeah, the, there's two, you know, two basic structures, and um, and when you're in that testing phase, the ad set budget. Optimization is the best because you're dedicating that budget to each of those audiences and then you're going to get a more fair comparison because what happens is sometimes Facebook decides like right out of the gate, oh, we spent 10 cents on that campaign. We're done with it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and you don't get any real results from it. You don't really you know, know if that one actually did well. And so you want to kind of control that a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Man, all these names, like Advantage Plus Shopping. (laughs) It sounds like something my optometrist has, like, to get me on their eye care plan, you know, Advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, Facebook. Anyway. (gasps) Um, And so, uh, uh, Venice says, like, her rule of thumb is to wait uh, seven days until – um, you know, there's a if you, and to see if there's a dud or not. So yeah. I thought that was really yeah. that was good. So um, seven one to ten of the,
1: days seems reasonable, though. Seven yeah. to ten days is enough time to to know, right? Right, so. for sure, for sure. So,
0: um, you also talked about uh, in that article you plotted a ten day split testing plan. Can you kind of okay. just? Generally, well, we're going to point people to the article, but kind of generally talk about that split testing plan, because I think it's super smart and a lot of people may overlook something like this.
2: Yeah. So what happens is that people test like one or two things and then they're like, Whoop. Facebook ads didn't work for me. Nope, Uh, you know, or they're setting the campaign up incorrectly, and they're putting all the images and all the and changing like a bunch of different things all at once. So you want to approach your your testing plan very systematically. And so what that is is dedicating that budget to each audience, like, say, just as an example, $10 a day to each audience if you were, you know, and then you really know which audience at the end of that time period worked well. Um, And, like, if you did, you know, yeah. So it's just a really systematic, structured way to test. And it often takes lots of different images in order to get a winner. Like, sometimes I'll have this huge difference between one image and another image, um one will be like twelve dollars per lead, the other one will be three dollars per lead. And so when you can get like, you know, whatever that is, 60% better results, I don't know, math. Oh my God, why am I still trying to do it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um when you can get that kind of improvement in your results and be able to scale that up, that's where you can really find what's working. And you want to change you wanna also Pick very different things to test because sometimes people are like, "Oh, I am going to vary the color of this like banner," and I am like, "No, you want to test like something that is big, text only ad, big, you know, you you in a big picture or uh, maybe a stock image and like something else or are you know, they're like really test different looking uh, images in order to give yourself the most information about what's working, what can work.
0: Gotcha. Um, so, and I said her name wrong, Vina. Sorry, Vina. Uh, she goes. It seems like brighter images perform better. Yeah. And that kind of leads to my next question: Like, how much money should we, you know, we our budget allocate to like this testing stuff? Like, do we do we throw a lot of money at the beginning yeah. and then like bring it back down, or, or how do you usually uh, run that?
2: Yeah. So usually it's a little bit of like, what's your overall marketing budget? And if you don't know that, sometimes it is like. Uh, you know, based on the product price, like how many products do we think that we can safely sell or s- that, that we could sell um, if we had this kind of results in the beginning? You know, if we knew that our lead cost was, you know, $5 per lead, Um, And then the product cost was $1,000. Like, how does that, you know, just doing a little math to figure out what your overall budget is. And then sometimes it really is kind of this iteration testing period. It depends a little bit about on like, do you have, is it like a launch where you have a hard deadline, you know, and you don't, you can't necessarily ramp up your testing for months. I mean, you might, you might start, building up your leads with some different lead magnets for sure. But it's not like during that promotion period, you have a fixed end point. It's not like products always on sale. So, right. um, so I, you know, sometimes people have a rule of thumb of like 20% of your mar- overall marketing budget, you would le- you would start with testing. I like kind of having this approach that you're testing kind of all the time (laughs) you know you're you're kind of like saying okay let's we've got some winners here let's take a look at the commonalities on what these winners are about like could we add another image that is very similar to this one and get the same results and then lower our overall costs so i did that just recently with a client where we noticed this picture this darker image was actually working well and it was um just this dark image of a person in a hallway and so i went out and found another dark image of a person in a hallway kind of Mm -hmm. very similar and so we launched that lowered our overall cost because we now have two really good winners in there so
0: back back on that same sorry grace i'm gonna this is fascinating to me um so what do you think moves the needle more when you're testing is it changing out the images or changing out the copy
2: yeah, I I've definitely uh, yeah, that's a hard one. I I don't test as as many variations of copy as I should. I mm-hmm. really I think the. Image is the bigger lever there, the big bigger You're needle right. mover, if mm-hmm. you want to put it that way. So I'm focusing a little more on images, but I just actually launched a campaign where we had some really different um, text. Although I, th- you know what, I think that was still the images there. <laughs> so I, you know, the images really make the biggest difference. So if you have limited budget, focus more of your attention on that rather than the nuanced. Copy. I think you can always improve your copy and kind of refine it and, you know, test it kind of thing. But the images are the bigger needle. That's
0: what's going to stop the scroll, right? That's what's going to get people to like stop and like pay attention. Yeah. So I think that's really important because you know, it de- I mean, it depends on your client, but a lot of times they'll really focus on like, I got to craft the words perfectly. And like, yes. just whip out the image, okay? Because it was a crafty yeah. image,
1: right? You know? So, I know. anyway,
0: uh, go ahead. Sorry, Greg, so I interrupted, but you, you have the next
1: No, one. absolutely. Well, I want to skip to this part because i think it's very important you mentioned this already about where you have a lot more you have have a lot more leeway when it comes to creativity and testing different things Mm -hmm. so the advice we always hear is create ads that don't look like ads easier said than done i think maybe uh can you tell us what this means when it comes to facebook and instagram specifically
2: when it comes to our advertising
1: how do we create ads that don't look like ads
2: yeah, I've been looking at that a little more, just especially because, uh, I'm curious about it and because you asked that you sent those questions to me and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to see if I can figure out what's working. So, you know, I went and looked at, um, a lot of different what you can do is that I love doing is you can go and see on any page what ads they're running. So you can go to any competitor page, any big page, any big marketer page, and you can go look at their page transparency section. Sometimes it's on their about section, sometimes it's in the left column, and you can see page transparency, or you can just go to the ads library and do some searches too. Um, But you can go see what people are running and see what... Feels like it's working. You can't tell exactly what's working, but you can tell when an ad is working that because it's been running a long time, mm-hmm. and unless the people just like burning money, I don't know that that could be too. <laughs> right. I don't know what they're doing, um, but usually ads, big marketers are. You can see if they've run been running an ad for a couple right. of months you know that it's working and i've seen a mix so um the ads that don't look like ads are basically really casual images something that looks like uh like a you know i've seen like pictures of their baby pictures of wedding pictures and i'm like this wedding has nothing to do with what you're talking about, you know, but yeah. it did get me to stop the scroll because I was like, do I know those people? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is an ad. This is, And I, I sort of get annoyed by it when it has absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to do with the what they're actually advertising, like if they're, you know whatever advertising, you mm-hmm. know, digital marketing strategies with their wedding right. photos. I feel like that's a little creepy. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you're using your baby to sell your products, but maybe. Yeah. Um, so the, the other thing that I, another, um, thing that i 've seen is really casual videos you know people for a long time talked about user user generated content, right. so that would be like a really casual video of your client sitting in their car saying, "'Hey, I love your product or you know or even you sitting in yeah. your car really casual and i've seen those ads that seem to work really well um, I think. I haven't done a lot of testing on okay let's use a casual image versus one with right. with a lot of big bold text and bright colors but in my experience I you know I definitely see a lot a lot of more ads in general that have mm-hmm. those that big text bold colorful type of stuff that is trying to get our attention while you're scrolling really fast and so I think it I think it, again it all comes down to testing in your industry what what you think your clients are going to respond to um, and yeah, Right. If you're going to use your wedding photos, I think I, you you should get the okay from that. On. Right.
0: <laughs> Don't use your, your neighbor's kids' pictures. That's a big uh, no-no. Yeah, first. yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. thought what you said, though, was genius because I've been using it ever since they like started letting you see what companies are running their campaigns and diving in. That's a mm-hmm. huge way to learn what's working. I think that's that's a great piece yeah. of advice. Uh, the other thing is we were just both at PodFest and I remember sitting in, yeah. it was how to grow your podcast organically. And you're talking about Facebook and Facebook ads. And one of the things they said that was really, really working like like it like 10 X their uh, subscribers was actually going in and using those casual images instead of, they said, instead of making your, you know, your audiogram for your podcast or whatever, your clip from your podcast look like a Facebook ad, make it look organic. Yeah. And he said he saw yeah. incredible results. So uh, we're good. trying that with guys and, you know, not just having like, you know, those really produced looking things with like picture of a guy on a surfboard and some of that yeah. stuff to see if that's yeah. going to make a difference. So I think that's yeah, really, for really sure. interesting.
2: Test it out. Yeah. So,
0: um, one of the things that this oh this is a great question by uh by my friend Chris and I wanted to bring this up. He goes, um, have you been able to get learnings from Facebook ads uh, and your clients and your clients applying them to other parts of the business? So like seeing what's you, you know what branding you know pivots work or copy for blogs or any of that kind of stuff from learning from your Facebook ads.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a great that's a great strategy. I haven't um I haven't done that a ton, but I do think it levels up you're writing for sure. Cause if you're writing and seeing that the click through rate is really good on that copy, you Mm -hmm. like, I've definitely like seen it kind of, Feed off of each other, where we're like, Hey, that was a great way that you wrote that let's put that on the sales page and just kind of cross pollinate that those ideas for sure um, I think that one thing that Facebook ads can do for you is really understand what your market responds to so it's you you know what we do a lot of times is say, okay let's test these different lead magnets with these different topics and see what gets us the best opt-ins. So we might do like a quiz versus a, you know, here's a cheat sheet versus a um, e-guide or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then really know what's getting the best response so that we can promote that in other places and hopefully, you know, give people what they want essentially. So. That's great. That's a great idea. So the most crucial part
1: of any ad, of course, is the offer right getting them to click or do whatever action the yeah. call to action calling them to the action right so what yep. is the secret to getting users attention in this regard what makes them click on an ad right away because we don't want to keep serving them ads we want them to click on that first one and be like oh <laughs> I, I love that wedding photo i must click on it right <laughs> or um and then also i guess uh it, the, the second part of this is do you have a formula or a format that you use to create really great offers because you can go
2: wild With this kind of stuff, yeah, and I think it again comes down to like what is what are the pain points that people are talking about? What are what are you really solving for your clients and really leaning into that um, quite a bit? So um, the other thing that's working really well, and I don't, this is kind of not, is a little bit tangential, and I just like popped in my head. The other thing that's working really well is kind of these really long form ads that are really more of a story-based ad Mm. and that has been really interesting for people because it it gets them reading the story we're kind of hardwired for stories and it could be a story about like your journey and how you came to offer this or what how this helped you or it could be a really long testimonial story so i've done both of those types of ads for for clients and um And so that way, when they get to your landing page, when they get to your offer, they're already like a little pre-primed. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you want to, um, you know, get them excited about that offer to click over and give you their name and email address because I think for sure people are way more uh, picky about what they subscribe to, where they, you know, where they're putting their information in. And so you want to look at that landing page conversion rate to make sure that that offer is good. So, how many people are hitting that page and then how many people are then subscribing? And if you're doing your ads right, you should see at least a thirty percent conversion rate for a free thing. Mm-hmm. So you may not see you may not see like the price <clears throat> the right price point because mm-hmm. maybe it's costing you a lot to get people right. over there, or maybe they're not clicking through. Maybe, um, but if you've got a good free thing, you should see a good conversion rate on that. And if you're not seeing at least thirty percent conversion rate, you want to come back and say. Okay. Could we test something else? Could we make this landing page better? Or could we make this offer more compelling Mm. somehow? And what, what, you know, can we draw out more of the pain points? Can we draw out more of the transformation someone's going to get after they get our, get this thing? You know, what Mm. are they going to get from it?
0: I think that's genius. I mean, especially like making sure your landing page, a lot of people neglect that. Like, yeah, because you know, yes. they're coming from mobile or there's something like that. You, you really got to dive into the, the um, landing page. Unfortunately, we are like right at the end. Like, Andrew's got to run, but I it's, I mean, this is you know, I could pick her brain for another hour. You guys have some, have had some great uh, questions and you know, uh, Avina says she goes, I'm a sucker for story ads. Like, yeah. So yeah, um, even diving into that, we could have a whole show just on uh, uh, Andrea talking about that, but I want to give Andrea enough time that you guys can find her, find out yes. what she's doing, all this stuff that she's offering uh, her podcast, all this stuff. So Andrea, uh, you take the rest of the time you need to talk about what you got going on and where people can find you.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thanks everyone to, for all your questions. Great questions coming in. Um, you can find me for most things, including some stand up comedy over at AndreaVall.com, dot lcom And that has my blog posts there. You can also get connected to my late starters podcast there, which is late startersclub.com. If you want to go directly there and that has, uh, some really amazing inspirational interviews and top tools and tips there as well for people starting something new and exciting in their 40s 50s and beyond and then one other thing i'll just plug here next week on february 15th i have a half day training on your facebook and instagram ads funnel and that's over um it's on my events uh uh, tab on my page, or you can find it at andreaval.com forward slash half day workshop. Is that right? Half day workshop. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so make we'll sure, I mean, go, 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 you guys go over to if you're once again, if you're listening to the on the podcast, it's andreavall.com It's A N D R E A V A H L lcom Make sure you guys yep. go check her out because she is amazing, as you can tell from uh, the show today. We've got some great comments. Uh, Gary says such a great show today. I appreciate the wisdom, Gary. thank <laughs> (laughs) thank Thank you for being here and your comment. Um, I appreciate all you do for the show, Gary. And then Avina says, thank you so much for this. You're the best, Andrea. We love you. So she brought her fans (laughs) with her. So appreciate you guys for watching. Thank you so much. Uh, Let us know some shows that you would love us to do, what topics we talk about. We got um, media kits coming up at the end of this month because you guys asked for that. So let us know what we could do to help you guys out. As always, we appreciate you. We appreciate our sponsor, Ecamm, for making this show possible. You can find out more about them at social live.com forward slash ecam make sure you go check out andrew's podcast and we will see you guys next time bye everybody
1: bye everyone social media
0: news live